there. I'm Melanie Newton, and this is Series 8 of Satisfied. The Series 8 podcast enhanced the God-dependent woman Bible study, covering the book of 2 Corinthians in the New Testament. You can find this Bible study guide at my website, melanienewton.com, as well as at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Here's what we will explore in Series 8 of Satisfied. The main emphasis of the book of 2 Corinthians is that we, as believers in Christ, should live our lives dependent on Him all the time. In our strengths, when we're using our gifts and skills and opportunities well, in our weaknesses that drive us to Him for help, and everywhere in between. God wants for us women to be God-dependent women, not independent except for when we need Him. But we are to be God-dependent all the time. And being a God-dependent woman will make you stronger and more effective in life than you could ever be on your own. That sounds crazy, but we will explore what this means together. Ready? First, I want to share about Paul. When Paul wrote the letter that we know as 2 Corinthians, he had been a Christian for more than 20 years. From the beginning, Jesus told him that Paul was to go to those who were called Gentiles, that is, anyone who was not Jewish, and preach the gospel to those. Paul spent the first three of those 20 years just getting to know Jesus and learning what to teach about him to others. Then he became the co-pastor of a church of Gentiles for a few years. Around 12 years after he said yes to believing in Jesus, it was time to go elsewhere. Jesus sent him on mission to Cyprus and southern Turkey, where many people believed the gospel and new churches were formed. After being home for a while, Paul felt it was time to go back and visit those new churches. So he set out with Silas and Timothy, and God directed their movements through Turkey, then into Greece, first northern Greece, then to southern Greece, to the cities of Athens and Corinth. When Paul arrived in Corinth, he had been a believer for around 15 years and in ministry for most of those years. The Corinthians knew Paul as being well-educated and a tent-making craftsman. They knew that he was determined, bold, convinced of the truth of Christ, and very committed to Jesus' calling on his life. He was a gifted teacher and loved God's people almost as much as he loved God himself. Five years had passed from the time of the beginning of the church in Corinth until the time of Paul writing this letter. Based upon scriptural references, 2 Corinthians is Paul's fourth letter to the church at Corinth. The Holy Spirit only preserved two for us. 1st and 2nd Corinthians. To gain perspective on Paul's relationship with the Corinthians, think back over the last five years of your relationship with a group of people that don't live near you, but you visit occasionally and with whom you may have a rough relationship. What was that relationship like five years ago? What is it like now? What were your visits with them like? How did you hear about their lives between visits? What about the relationship makes it rough? I'm going to use American geography and modern dates to tell Paul's story with the Corinthians. 
Let's say Corinth is Dallas, Texas. The church's founding was in the spring of 2013. Paul stayed there until late 2014. Then he traveled to Orlando, Florida. That's going to be our Ephesus. He stayed in Orlando for three years, ministering to the church there. In the summer of 2016, Paul heard disturbing news of immorality back in the Dallas church. So he wrote a letter to them telling them to stop it. We don't have that letter. Then Paul heard that there were divisions in the Dallas church and he received a letter from Dallas asking him a bunch of questions. How do we handle this, that, and the other? Early in 2017, Paul wrote the letter we know as 1 Corinthians to answer those questions. While Paul was still in Orlando, teachers infiltrated the Dallas church who opposed Paul. What do you do when you want people to stop listening to their favorite teacher or their parents? You trash them, right? That's what those bad teachers in Dallas did. Well, that made Paul take a quick trip to Dallas in the summer of 2017 to restore some confidence back into the church. He called this a painful visit. Of course, anytime you must confront someone you love with bad behavior and bad attitudes, it's painful. He traveled back to Orlando in the fall of 2017 and wrote what he called a severe letter. We don't have this one. The Dallas church was ever on his mind, though, because he left Orlando, Florida, and began to work his way back west to Dallas. First, he stopped at Mobile, Alabama, where he preached for a while. He sent his friend Titus to Dallas to find out what was going on and bring back word to him. In the fall of 2018, Paul traveled west to New Orleans, hoping to meet Titus there. The wait was painful. Finally, Titus came and brought news about the Dallas church. In December of 2018, Paul wrote the letter we have as 2 Corinthians. Maybe now you can understand some of the emotions expressed in this letter. This letter we know as 2 Corinthians is considered one of Paul's most personal letters. It's not a sermon like Romans or Ephesians that can be easily outlined. It's a messy letter, just like most personal letters. It is full of personal feelings and experiences interspersed between some terrific teaching. <laughs> it's like life, messy, because people are messy, relationships are messy, circumstances are messy, and community within the church is messy. I've been drawn to study 2 Corinthians for a number of years, really study the whole letter, not just parts of it, and to study it from a woman's perspective that would apply to an ordinary woman's life, not just to someone who is on a church or mission staff. I couldn't find a study written by someone else that did that well. So I asked the Lord to help me write one, and He did. This letter of Paul's that we know as 2 Corinthians has been powerful in my life. I can honestly say it is one of the most meaningful and impactful studies I have ever done. Here's why. As I prepared the study, I realized that the main emphasis of the whole letter was that we, as believers in Christ, 
should live our lives dependent on Him all the time. In our strengths, when we are using our gifts and skills and opportunities well, in our weaknesses that drive us to Him for help, and everywhere in between. God wants for us women to be God-dependent women, not independent except for when we need Him. But we are to be God-dependent all the time. But being God-dependent all the time is so radically different from what our culture teaches. If you have been reared in Western culture, this is contrary to what you've been taught most of your life. From the time we are girls, we are told that women should not depend on anyone or anything for our success. I realize that this compensates for poor teaching in the past that looked upon women as weak, unequal to men, and too emotional to be reliable. So from girlhood, we've been taught to stand on your own two feet and, and you don't need anyone to be successful. Self-reliance is the way to be a strong, effective woman. As the wise Jedi Yoda says in the Empire Strikes Back movie, you must unlearn what you have learned. That might involve turning away from some voices in social media, Netflix, books, and blogs that contribute to the illusion that you are a stronger woman if you are totally self-reliant. Let me say this though, I'm not equating self-reliance with being responsible. God wants us to be responsible for what we do with our lives and our finances and our time. So how does this relying on God fit our lives as women today? Are we as Christian women supposed to stay like babies, not doing anything for ourselves? No, that's not what it means. We're supposed to grow and mature in our thinking and behavior. Are we as Christian women supposed to just lie back and let anything happen to us? No, that's not what it means. The New Testament teaches Christians to be wise and proactive in our dealings with everyone, whether in the church or outside of it, for our own good as well as for the good of others. Are we not supposed to use our skills, talents, advantages, and opportunities to be the best women we can be? No, that's not what it means. God wants us to give back to Him all the skills, talents, advantages, and opportunities He has given to us and then use them for His glory. That involves following His leading and guidance. But sometimes our strength can be our greatest hindrance. We tend to rely on that rather than on God. So relying on God means submitting your strengths as well as your weaknesses to Him for His purposes in your life. The key to being a God-dependent woman is what can be described as dependent living. Human parents raise their children to be less dependent on them and more independent of them. But God raises His children to be less independent and more dependent on Him. Whatever He brings into our lives that makes us more dependent upon Him is good for us. 
That's how we learn dependent living. Throughout 2 Corinthians, we will see examples of dependent living. Paul made plans and submitted them to God to be changed. We will see him demonstrating his authority as a leader and submitting that authority to God. He asked for healing and submitted to God's answer. And Paul talked about preaching the gospel in one city while his heart wanted to be in another city, waiting for God to say, go. That's dependent living. Dependent living is not weakness. It is being stronger and having more influence, success, and satisfaction than you could ever have through your own efforts. As brilliant and self-sufficient as you think you are, or as weak and messed up as you think you are, and everywhere in between. Through this 11-week study of 2 Corinthians, we will learn how to make plans for our lives and rely on the Lord with how to proceed. We will learn how to educate our minds and rely on the Lord to use that knowledge to glorify Him. We will learn how to make money and rely on the Lord to show us how to use it wisely. We learn how to do this as we act in obedience to the Word of God, depend on Jesus Christ for the power to do so, and trust Him with the results. This dependent living will make us stronger and more effective in life than we could ever be on our own. There is great value for every woman to study this messy, hard-to-read letter we call 2 Corinthians. This study is for you if you are a parent, teacher, or mentor to a younger Christian, or if you have young adults in your household, or soon-to-be, facing the onslaught of secular influence like college and social media and work. And if you are going through hardships, relationship difficulties, or health challenges, are you wanting a closer relationship with Christ? This study is for you. I'm sure you have questions about dependent living that you hope to have answered through this study. Here are some of mine. How do I do it all day long? <laughs> How do I work hard and use my skills and still be dependent on God? How do I let go of control? By the way, control is an illusion. You will hear me say this often in these podcasts. <laughs> control is an illusion. You only think you have control. You can only control what you choose to do. You have to give up the rest to God. And that leads me to one of the biggest takeaways you will get from this study. You can have confidence in what the Lord Jesus Christ will do in your life so that you will want to depend on Him more than on yourself. As you submit to Him, our God will transform you into a God-dependent woman who lives dependently on Him in weakness and in strength. Nothing could be better. Let Jesus satisfy your heart with confidence that you can depend on Him. Then live each day as a God-dependent woman. Until next time, I'm Melanie Newton, and this is Series 8 of Satisfied.